Hey y'all, it's Janice here, aka J Nice on the mic, and this is Dirty Diversity, a podcast on all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. This podcast is called Dirty Diversity because in this day and age, diversity has become sort of a dirty or bad word that causes a lot of knee-jerk and negative reactions. The goal of this podcast is to dissect diversity, or lack thereof, inside and outside of companies, and also to discuss current events around equity and inclusion, as well as discussing solutions for creating a more cohesive world and workplace. My name is Janice, aka J Nice on the mic. <laughs> that was and still is my moniker on YouTube. Some of you may know I started a YouTube channel almost 10 years ago to discuss topics around race and black identity, and it seemed to really resonate with my audience. I'm also a TEDx speaker, a professor, a diversity and inclusion consultant, and a writer with a PhD in organizational psychology. Welcome to Dirty Diversity, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Hey y'all, Jay Nice on the mic, back like I never left. This episode is a little bit late, Um, so last week I took an unexpected and impromptu um, sort of vacation hiatus. It wasn't even, it wasn't a vacation, so let me not call it that because I was still working, but as some of you may know, I was working on my second book called The Pink Elephant, and um, I had to submit some, um, I had to submit some stuff, um, regarding my book. So I was up all night, all last weekend, excuse me, and last Sunday when, which is, uh, Sundays is usually when I record the podcast. I was literally, um, working on stuff for the book. So I'm really, really excited. The book is dropping November 27th. Of the, well, when y'all listen to this, it'll be still October, but it's dropping next month, Black Friday. I'm super duper duper excited. It is a practical guide to create an anti racist workplace. So it is going to be, I'm really excited. And shout out to my friend Brian, who actually gave me the idea to name the book The Pink Elephant. Brian is a close friend of mine, and we are both uh, DEI practitioners. And I, for those of you who've read my writing, I talk about the pink elephant a lot in my writing. I think I've mentioned it four times now in in a few different articles. So for those of you who've read my articles, you know what the pink elephant is. For those of you who have not, get with the program. Um, No, but seriously, um, you know, for those of you who've not, you'll understand why, and I briefly talk about why I called the book the pink elephant in um, in the introduction. So um, you know, Brian was like, he hit me up, uh, via text and said, you need to come out with the book, The Pink Elephant. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right, I do. So, you know, I can't take full credit for that. That was really, you know, Brian's idea. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I had like three different episodes I was hoping to record, uh, last week, but y'all, as you can imagine, I always say it's, 
a busy time for me. Last week was really busy. I had a number of workshops and and listening sessions. And this week is a lot better. The end of this week is Halloween, which some of y'all may know is my favorite holiday. But unfortunately, this year we can't fully celebrate. There is a really fun, lit Halloween parade that takes place in New York City. Of course, it's not happening this year. So I'm going to stay stay my behind home and I actually have a cost have some costumes I'm still going to dress up take my little pictures so I have my memories um my parents didn't let us celebrate Halloween growing up so it's always been a really big like fun holiday for me and I I'm very creative so I love you know getting the creative juices flowing and getting into these Halloween costumes so I'm excited but I'm also happy that Halloween is during COVID this year because it is a full moon on Halloween and I am not, you know, into, I don't, I didn't really know a lot about full moons, but um, started reading about full moons and how they impact people recently. People act really erratic on full moons. Hospitals actually have more patients on full moons. And the last full moon we had was when Trump announced that he had COVID. So this is actually Halloween, full moon, and in the U.S. it is daylight saving Saturday night going into Sunday. Um, And it's a blue moon too, which is weird. It's a rare occurrence that happens every couple of years. And we're still in Mercury retrograde. So I was like, it's too much, too much weird energy. So I'm going to stay my behind home. Get a lot of rest, and for those of you who are going to be out celebrating, just make sure you stay safe. But I wanted to, you know, again, just share my excitement for this new book, y'all. I'm so, so, so excited. I poured my heart into this book, and I am confident that you all will find a lot of value in it. I will share pre-order dates when I get them. I have no pre-order details yet, but I will share those when I um, when I get them in upcoming episodes. Also. Um, I am, many of you may know, I have been um, facilitating this 10-week workshop, Unlearning, Unpacking, Understanding, and Undoing White Supremacy in the United States. And tomorrow, Tuesday, October 27th, is the class number nine, where we will be exploring white supremacy in government and politics. So for those of you who listened to this episode on Monday, October 26th, Uh, Be sure to reserve your seats for the class tomorrow. Um, And then next week, November 3rd, which is Election Day in the U.S., is the last and final class. The way that it kind of worked out is just it really, I love it. But we'll be exploring on the last and final class white supremacy and the future of white supremacy in the U.S. Um, So it should be a really fun and interesting class. Um, fun is in, you know, it's a topic I'm really passionate about and I'm excited because there's interest. People are, white people are finally waking up and wanting to take part in this discussion. So I think it's an important piece of this is, is the dialogue. So just wanted to get those housekeeping items out of the way. For those of you who enjoyed my book, my first book, Dirty Diversity, please feel free to um, leave a review on Amazon. It helps other people find the Dirty Diversity book. And um, so without further ado, let's get into this episode. So I had an opportunity to 
uh, for my latest article I had, which I'll leave in the show notes, I had an opportunity to interview the lovely Farah Harris. She's a psychotherapist and she specializes in workplace wellness. And we talked about a number of different things, one of which being racial trauma. So in this episode, um, we're going to talk about how um, how organizations and workplaces can support black employees. And I've talked about this before, but more so, you know, I'm going to get into um, how to support employees in general um, through this election cycle, because I, more of us need to be talking about how to really support employees through the elections. This is such a, this has been a really wild year and people need more support. People need to feel safe given everything that's going on. We're super polarized right now in this country. So I wanted to just explore both of those. So, you know, I think that an added stressor that a lot of employees of color, but more specifically black employees, have been experiencing is racial trauma, which is the continued and long-term effects of racism and racial bias and racial microaggressions. And I think that Racial trauma is not something that employers often think about or consider. If if you don't personally go through something, it's usually not at the top of your mind and outside of your vantage point. So I think that there are a couple of ways to help your employees navigate um, the racial trauma that they may be experiencing, and one of which is hiring someone like Farah Harris, who is a therapist, um, but hiring somebody who specializes in uh, helping employees deal with and navigate racial trauma. So having an employee assistance program where you bring someone who's a specialist in to help your uh, black indigenous uh, employees of color. Um, Also, you know, thinking about does your organization have employee resource groups? And I talked about this in my book, Dirty Diversity. And employee resource groups, uh, there's evidence that shows that they are an effective way to help people feel a sense of belonging and inclusion. So thinking about creating an employee resource group for different diverse groups, whether that is for Latinx and Hispanic employees, Black employees, Asian employees, whatever, you know, whatever the underrepresented groups are within your organization, creating the employee resource groups for those um, for those particular groups. Also having um, listening sessions. And a lot of companies have been adopting listening sessions since uh, the murder of George Floyd. And um, so having listening sessions, which is, I think is a really great idea because it really, um, you're, you're encouraging act- active listening. I think a lot of times in workshops and um, trainings, it's more of like the facilitator talking and people listening. And with listening sessions, the emphasis is on employees and their experiences and how to, and, and listening to their experiences to boost and increase awareness and understanding. So having, hiring someone such as myself or any DEI practitioner, but more specifically racial 
equity and anti-racism facilitators who are well-versed in navigating these sorts of discussions and dialogue, having us come into your organization and facilitate listening sessions, I call them safe space sessions, but listening sessions works as well, how to, you know, how to bring those, these sorts of people in. And I think um, when thinking about navigating racial trauma, really understanding that it's an issue that many employees are, are dealing with, and then offering um, ways to support employees like we've talked about um, is important. But also, I, you know, another thing that leadership can do to help employees navigate racial trauma is having encouraging employees to take care of themselves you know having employees uh, sharing resources about the importance of something like monitoring sleep I am for those of you that follow me on social media and if you don't what have you been doing where have you been um, I live on Instagram and LinkedIn but on Instagram I share a lot about um, my health journey and different things that I personally do for self-care on LinkedIn, um, sorry, on Instagram, I even have a highlight called, um, called self-care. And I talk um, extensively about the importance to me of sleep. And I strive to get seven hours of sleep every night. I don't always do it. Yesterday, Sunday, um, Sunday, yesterday, I got eight hours, which I was so happy about. And today, Monday, I got seven hours. So my goal this week is to get seven hours on average of sleep. I've been averaging about six to six and a half, which is a little less than normal. Um, one of my best friends, Kim, was like, I was talking to her about, you know, how busy I've been feeling. And she's like, I don't even know how you get sleep. When do you sleep? You do so much and so many things. And her saying that actually made me feel better because I always, I feel like sometimes I tend to feel overwhelmed with all of the things that I'm doing. So my best friend saying that to me, let me know like, yeah, she's right. You know, girl, you be doing a lot. So, um, you know, making sure that you're getting sleep, sharing with employees. I think sometimes people know, like, I think it's a given that sleep is important, but people forget the importance of sleep. And, and when we get busy, we tend to just, the first thing that tends to get cut when we get busy is our sleep. We, we just rationalize that because we're being productive, it's okay to sleep less. And um, I think that in the long term, that's a detrimental mindset to have. And um, there's so many negative outcomes when we're feeling sleep deprived, we're less productive, the quality of our work isn't as high. Um, we actually even eat more when we're sleep deprived. So when you're really, really sleepy, the part of your body and your brain that regulates your hunger um, doesn't function um, as adequately. So you're not able to fully recognize when you're more or less hungry, and we tend to overeat when we're sleep deprived. Um, and we're more likely to give into temptation when we're sleep deprived. And there was a really great book that I read called The Willpower Instinct. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the author, but it was an amazing, one of my fave books. So um, I'll probably leave a link to it in the show notes, um, but it was an amazing book. And it talked about this in more detail, but sleep is, is imperative. And I'm not one of those grind, uh, grind, sleep when I'm dead type of people. Um, those of you who know me personally know I'm all about my sleep. Uh, do not interrupt my sleep. I don't care if all of these successful CEOs wake up at four in the morning and work out and grind and do this and do that. I need my sleep. I don't care what they're doing. I just, I think 
um, know thyself and we have to know how what works best for us. For me, waking up at 4 a.m. because I'm a night owl is just not going to work. So, you know, um, get making sure you're getting enough sleep for, for anyone experiencing any sort of trauma um, or just um, psychological stress. Um, getting sleep is just is, is so imperative just to help us. So encouraging with employees, um, especially employees from underrepresented backgrounds, the importance of getting sleep. And um, I was interviewed for a Fast Company article, and I'll leave it in the show notes. In the article, I explored, um, they did research. It was a survey monkey study that found that there are racial differences in the amount of sleep that, that people get. And people of color on average get less sleep than our white counterparts. And one of the reasons I, you know, the, the writer asked me to predict, um, why I thought that there were these racial differences. And I think again, that in the black community in particular, there's an emphasis on being so busy and not sleeping, never sleeping. I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, I I think Nas said that I'll sleep when I die or I'll sleep when I'm dead. So I think there's like a badge of honor that people feel like they have when they don't get sleep and they're so busy. And I, I appreciate, I think it's good to stay busy, Um, I don't think we should glorify busy, and I'm saying this more so for myself. I tend to glorify busy, Um, but I'm big with sleep. So um, I'll leave again uh, the link to that article about the SurveyMonkey study, racial differences, and sleep patterns in the show notes. But, you know, making sure that you're emphasizing to employees the importance of getting enough rest. And that is especially important right now with Mercury retrograde and all of these weird sort of astrological things that are happening in our world and with election season, which I'm going to talk about in a couple minutes, but with election season, um, employees are feeling a greater deal of stress. So really um, emphasizing to employees the importance of leading, a, living a healthy lifestyle, providing employees with, um, you know, within their uh, the employee assistance programs, providing therapists and uh, therapists especially that um, have a specialty in racial trauma and navigating high stress times of very very high stress like we are all dealing with right now um, are some really important ways to support your black employees but um, BIPOC employees in general and then I would say you have to um, you can't be afraid to have these these discussions and Finding a way to open up the discussions is so important, and I go into this in a lot of detail in my new book, The Pink Elephant, Um, but one of the ways I talked about in Dirty Diversity, which is having a book club, um, where you, you don't have to say, let's talk about white supremacy, read a chapter in a book that talks about white supremacy, and then discuss it as a department or discuss it in a group. Um, so, uh... As a as an organization, you have to also um, recognize that for your employees in the United States, this election season is has been like none other. Like this is such a high stress time for many of us. I'm feeling a lot of stress because um, a lot of it is just the uncertainty of like what is the future going to be, who is going to be in office, um, how. Um, how the future president um, being in office will impact my life, my business. All of these things are important factors to consider. But um, to support employees through election season and clients that you may have, I would just 
if I were you, um, you know, making sure not to schedule important meetings the, on November 4th, the Wednesday after the election, I actually have, um, I had to figure out what to do. I have a class on November 5th and I don't really want my students to feel pressured into coming to class. And it's just ironic in 2016, um, I was teaching in, um, at a university in New York city and, um, the day after Trump was elected, I taught a class on a Wednesday. I always teach on Wednesdays. And um, many of my students were going to Union Square um, to protest. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how, um, how this year is going to be because um, with so many mail-in ballots... Um, it's, I don't, we're not going to have, we're not going to be able to know who's the president, who the president is the day after the election. But as a DEI practitioner or as a, uh, as an organization trying to, um, be emotionally intelligent, I would definitely advise you not to schedule any important meetings. Um, the Wednesday after the election, me personally, I would, even just cancel the meetings for the remainder of the week and also be mindful of not scheduling huge projects in November period because we don't know um, within the U.S. we don't know when we're going to find out who the president is. It could take one week. It could take two weeks. It could take three weeks. So just being mindful of that, um, offering and allowing employees grace when it comes to deadlines and projects is important. And then offering additional assistance again, um, you know, offering um, help navigating different emotions, also making sure to schedule listening sessions, I think is very, very important. Um, I'm doing a couple of listening sessions in November, um, just because it's going to be a really, really um, emotional time regardless of who wins the election i think this is just a very um interesting time in the year um and then we're also getting into the holidays and many people are not able to visit their families or see their families because of covid or it's just a really you know it's just a really wild year so um being mindful of all of these things that employees are trying to navigate and offering as much support as you can is really, really important. What I think is really interesting, what I saw a couple days ago, is that um, I think this is going to be the, of course, this is a record election. Uh, more people are going to vote in this election than any other election in U.S. history. I'm sure of it because um, I saw a tweet from um, a tweet uh, that said a couple days ago that 47 million people at that time, which was, I believe, Saturday when I saw the tweet, 47 million uh, people have voted, have done mail-in voting so far, and that exceeded the number of people that voted in total during the 2016 election between Hillary Clinton and um, Donald Trump. So, you know, just simply for the fact that more people have voted for the mail-ins um, than uh, people who voted in the election period in 2016 is already, um, you know, is already means we're like gonna, this is going to be a monumental election. You know, I'm here, you know, I'm going to keep producing this content. We have to be here for each other. And, you know, it's going to be a really interesting rest of the year. Um, I'm going to, again, I'm putting out resources and I'm going to do what I can to really, um, you know, to just be a light in this world because 
it's it, again it's it's a really just a really wild year and i didn't even get into but i know that many of you have heard about what's going on in nigeria if you have not google nsars s a r s um and um i've been trying to write something because i think my main contribution to this world is my writing i recognize that i am i might not have all the right words when i speak but i recognize that i my gift is my right my writing and the way that i write i think i convey a message very well um or very strongly um more so than when i speak i think i'm a strong speaker but again i think i write better so i've been trying to put a piece together about what's going on in nigeria and also just in africa many african countries in general there's a lot of unrest civil unrest in many west african countries and many african countries period in my parents home country of cameroon there's a lot of civil unrest so you might hear me chat about that in an upcoming episode um but there's just so much going on in our world and i i just want to make sure that we're all keeping ourselves healthy we're all trying to dismantle racism dismantle white supremacy um get enough sleep eat right eat well make sure you are exercising and getting your blood flowing and doing things that bring you joy um and that are also that also help your body perform at optimal levels so that is my spiel for today. It's been a pleasure to reconnect with you all and it was my sincere apologies. Last week I didn't mean to go ghost. It wasn't my intention, but um the book priorities called so I had to get stuff done for my book and um but I should be back to the regular cadence um now. <laughs> so uh yeah, I might take some time off. Uh, toward the end of this year, of course, uh, during the holidays, um, I my schedule officially slows down in mid December, and I think I will be taking a three to four week hiatus. The Dirty Diversity Podcast will be um, taking a hiatus, um, probably starting in the middle of December um, for three weeks, um, and I'm really gonna actually get into a vacation. I haven't taken a vacation. Um, really this year i took one in july i was um off for maybe 4 days but i wasn't traveling anywhere i was still home still checking my email i took another one at the end of august again i was working i went actually to um the caribbean um but i was still working so i um you know i i'm really excited for this vacation i i'm just so in need of just rest and so december that will be it but i hope you all again are taking care of yourselves it was a pleasure and i will check y'all out in the next episode